Good morning, everybody. Last week, several hospitals in the province warned patient surges were creating even longer wait times at emergency departments. The warning came as the Canadian Medical Association said a lack of access to primary care was a major factor in the crisis unfolding in ERs across the country and in Ontario. The future of healthcare in Ontario was a major talking point in 2023 as the province uh, moved towards more private clinics to offload some of the work we see at hospitals. The next Ontario budget will not be presented for a few months, but consultations on it are ongoing. Later today, Dr. Andrew Park, the president of the Ontario Medical Association, will be in Chatham talking about health care. Dr. Park joins us now. I uh, appreciate the time today. Good morning. What would you say is the state of health care in Ontario right now? Yeah, I think that um, we are in a state of... Um, you know, dire consequence if we don't do something, particularly around primary care. I agree with the CMA um, statement um, and what we're seeing, you know, in London um, with with long wait times in emergency departments is in part because of our inability to access primary care. We've, you know, talked in the past about a lack of uh, family doctors. What impact does that have in general and on uh, wait times at ERs? Yeah, so this is primary care is the most upstream form of care that we give. It's kind of the backbone of our of our universal system. It's the first point of access. So when you don't have that, um, you know, if you think about you know your average person who's going to work and says, you know, I, I have something, I, I I put it off, and and then and then they continue to put it off, and next thing you know, that what we're seeing in, as an emergency physician is I'm seeing patients with more advanced disease. They're presenting with. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, cancers or other diseases that are that have been more advanced because they've been putting it off because they don't have a family doctor. These things are more costly to the system. They're more costly, most importantly, to the patient. Um, and that it, it increases the complexity of that patient for the system to manage. Um, and so that increases wait times every single point down the line, including at emergency departments. I mean, when we look at the, the need for family doctors, it seems to be going in the wrong direction. There are millions of Ontarians here, and the projections show even more. Yeah, so we have 2.3 million Ontarians without a family doctor currently, and that's projected to go up to 4.5 million Ontarians in 2026. Um, this is why when we're, when we're taking our budget submissions to the government, we're imploring that this is one of the most foundational issues uh, in healthcare that we really need to uh, put focus and attention on um, in order to try to turn this uh, turn this ship around. And one of the issues facing family doctors is all the paperwork that's involved, right? Yeah, so we're, we're really bringing two major issues. Um, one of them is that Family doctors need support. The The game around family medicine has changed, and family doctors need that support. So whether it's, um, you know, adding a nurse to their roster, a physiotherapist, a social worker to help get all those issues, they don't necessarily need a physician but need the attention of a physician a team. Um, that's one area. The other area is that uh, physicians are spending 19 hours a week on paperwork uh, or administrative tasks. Now, some of those are going to be necessary, but some of them really aren't. And we've seen an explosion of this number where doctors are spending more time in front of computers than they are in front of patients. And that is not the design of a well-functioning system. 
Is that leading some doctors to maybe choosing different disciplines, you think, maybe not going into family medicine? Yes, A, and B, I think it's choosing some family doctors to leave early or uh, retire. Um, you know, it's it's like any other job, really. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're spending more time doing other things than what you really want to do, um, then you're going to look at your options and say, do I have other options uh, in a workforce? And physicians do. Um, so that's why this is really critical. It's really critical for uh, physicians to um, see patients. You know, that's not a groundbreaking um, conclusion, but <clears throat> it's something that we've really struggled with over the past decade. So when we look at, at that, uh, when we look uh, at uh, increasing our uh, primary care, when we also look at maybe uh, community capacity um, and dealing with some overcrowding in hospitals, uh, how can we you know, maybe uh, tackle that as well? Yeah, so in any given hospital system, up to 10 to 20% of patients are what we term ALC. And what that means is that they don't really need to be in a in a, in a an acute care hospital, but they need the support. And so a fraction of those patients really could be at home if they had appropriate home care supports. Now, home care supports are, are less costly to the system overall, um, and they support the patients at home where patients want to be and where, frankly, we can provide more effective care. But because we've had the inability to institute home care, whether it's a physiotherapist or a PSW to help support those patients at home, they end up the only place that seems to be the, the catch-all for these patients, a security blanket, that's our hospitals. What that does is it creates a backlog where patients can come into the emergency department, but they really can't get out. Um, they can't go into the hospital because of this backlog of patients. And that creates immense, immense wait times in eMERGE. So when we look at, uh, you know, primary care, when we look at the paperwork, the administration, we look at the overcrowding, it all seems, you know, uh, connected in a way. What's the first step to addressing it? What would you like to see the province do? Well, the province, what we'd like to see the province do is recognize it. Yes, exactly like you said, all these things are really connected. Um, we do need investments in multiple places along the chain, um, and and we're willing and wanting and have a good relationship in order to um, help the government say, look, th- these are where we need strategic investments to ensure that we get the most bang for our buck. Because at the end of the day, when you're when you're putting forth a budget, you want to ensure that that the money that you're spending as a government is going to the right places to actually make impact. Uh, we're willing partners. We have extensive policy and um, and clinical expertise to allow that to happen. Um, but uh, the 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 main priorities, as we talked about here, are really investments in primary care, um, investments in community capacity, particularly home home and palliative care, um, as well as ensuring that physicians can just do our job. Do you think the government is hearing what you're saying? I think they are. Um, I, I think they're definitely hearing us. Uh, we've been at multiple consultations as well as um, have had audience with them at Queen's Park multiple times. Um, I, I think certainly, you know, Ontario's doctors are seen as a very credible source of information and reliable information. Um, but um, we also know that, um, you know, that they have started to do some of this work, but but um, it, it's our job um, to ensure that there's pressure on to 
um, continue to improve and improve access to care for all Ontarians. And that's something that uh, we will continue to do. We will follow with interest. I certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. That's uh, Dr. Andrew Park, our president of the Ontario Medical Association. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.